television is where all the big risks are being taken, where the most exciting work is happening. And this is a festival that celebrates that. Finally, there's an independent avenue for people who want to just go into the TV business. It's just wonderful to have an outlet for all of the creativity that's happening in television and in new digital media right now. The fact that there's this, there's Series Fest, which allows you to put it in front of an audience and gives you a platform to put it out there. Like that's the most impactful thing as artists that we can ever hope for. Hi, I'm Randy Kleiner. And I'm Kaylee Smith Westbrook. As the co-founders of Series Fest, we welcome you to Breaking In, a Series Fest podcast. In 2015, Series Fest began its mission to champion and empower artists at the forefront of episodic storytelling by providing year-round opportunities for creators and industry experts to connect, collaborate, and share stories. We are thrilled to expand our mission with this podcast as we talk to working professionals in television and gain insight, advice, and hear their journey of breaking in. Today, Randy and I are speaking with actor and Neighborhood Playhouse graduate, Ian Duff. Ian recently completed a recurring arc on NBC's hit show, New Amsterdam, and appeared on the big screen in Shaka King's Oscar-nominated film, Judas and the Black Messiah. And he can currently be seen starring as a series regular in the CW's The Republic of Sarah, which debuted on June 14th. Ian joined us back at Series Fest Season 3 when he starred in the independent pilot Up North, for which he received Series Fest Award for Best Actor. Hi, Ian. Hello, hello. It's so nice to see you again. It's nice to see you as well. How are you both doing? Well, Randy and I were talking before we hopped on with you, and she was saying there's so many connections with you with Series Fest, which is just really like, I don't know, serendipitous. The fact that the first time we met, you came for Up North and we had done the premiere of New Amsterdam of their pilot episode. And now you are series regular on a new CW show and we just did screening of that. But I thought we would actually go back pre-Up North because I actually don't really know that much about you and how you got started in acting and how you got into Up North. So take us back. Okay. I think so. We're going back to um, 2013. I was in, I was a junior in college. I was going to St. Joseph's College in downtown Brooklyn. And I was studying business and accounting, trying to figure out uh, what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, my backup plan was to run my grandfather's uh, accounting business if, if I couldn't figure it out. Um, but I always knew I wanted to be an actor. And I got to a point where I was really, I was also playing basketball for, for the college as well, because my brother went there. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna follow you and figure out what we're gonna do and have fun. Uh, but I got to a point where I was just going to school to play ball. And I said, you know, I need to figure out, I need to like, you know, fuel myself and, 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 and go after what I really wanna do, which is this acting thing. And um, so, I mean, my impulsive self, I said, I'm gonna look for some schools I actually have an uncle in uh, in L.A. who's been in the industry for 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 uh, quite some time, and his exact words for to me were, "If I can go back in time, I go to this school called the Neighborhood Playhouse." Hmm. I was like, "Oh, okay, what is that?" He said, well, "This is this legendary school, um, a, a legendary teacher named was Sanford Meisner. He taught acting there for many many years, and he developed this this technique. I think that you should try. I think you should start there." 
So there's a book called Meisner on Acting. Uh, he sent me the book. I read the book, had no idea. I had zero experience, acting experience, but I read the book and it was really, I was, inter- I was interested. I know really what I was reading because uh, it takes you through the first, and, like, the first and second year of the program. So it's a lot of, it, at the time, it was a lot of uh, vernacular that I had no idea. You know, I didn't, I didn't really know, but like acting talk that I didn't really know um, much about. But I said, okay, uh, I looked at the program and I, uh, there's a six-week summer intensive. So my summer, summer of 2013, I went to the intensive. I got a loan from my grandfather um, to, pay, you know, to, pay for the, to pay for the intensive. And that was the best summer of my entire life. Mm. Six weeks. And it was the best summer of my entire life. And I said, there's no way I cannot enroll into the fall. So... Me being ambitious, I enrolled into the fall, but I was also trying to finish school at the same time. So I was going to the playhouse, the neighborhood playhouse from 9 a.m. to 5, 5.30. And I was going to St. Joseph's College from 6.30 to 9.30. And I was also playing ball uh, in, in, uh, in between. I would, make, I would make late practices. They would push practice late for me, and I would come after class. And I did that for about half a year. I did it from September to January, and I realized that I was going from a super high from being in school from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., doing what I want to do, fueling myself, to sitting in a classroom, being lectured about accounting, economics, and I was tuned out. So I left. I dropped out. Wow. Yep. I went to the pro. I went, yeah, I went to this, the, the, the two-year program. I got invited back for the second year. And it was really, man, that was, that was, that's, that's where it all, that's where it all began. I like to tell people, and I, I really truly mean this, I don't know what I was doing prior, prior to 2013. Like I actually mm-hmm. don't have a, a full recollection of what I was doing, what my life was before 2013. Because that school, that program, the people, the faculty, the, my classmates, the art, the artistic um, awakening, uh, mm-hmm. it really... It, it, it changed my life. It really ch- it changed the course of my life, but it really changed my mind and opened up my body and, um, you know, in ways that I'm still trying to figure out. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend the rest of my life trying to, you know, trying to figure out. Uh, but I like to tell people that I feel, I feel like right now it's 20, it's 2021. Uh, I feel, I feel like I'm eight years old, man. I'm young. Oh, I love that. You know? Uh, yeah. So that's, 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 that's the start of it. That's the start of it. And I finished in 2015. That's amazing. And did you study film, TV, and theater there? It's a theater school. Uh, predominantly, oh, yeah. it's a, it's a, yes, acting school. I wanted to really immerse myself in, I look at acting as a trade. So I wanted to go to, you know, acting trade, trade school. And the Playhouse for two years, every day I was, I was working on my acting, voice and speech, Modern dance singing technique. I sang. There's, you, couldn't, you couldn't tell me, Ian, a young Ian, that he was going to sing on stage. Uh, that would have never happened. But it just really opened myself up and my confidence in ways that it, it, it's, it's helping me today. And it's helping me actually be able to, to speak with you guys without getting nervous and without, you know, uh, trembling and just, just being present and being able to present myself. Have you studied any other techniques or is there just something about like the Meisner technique that really 
just for you just felt like that was the right one? I mean, I studied in college like a bunch of different techniques and I'm so curious. And maybe for people listening too, they may not know what Meisner is because they've studied. Do you mind chatting a little bit about what the Meisner technique is and why you were so drawn to it and why you love it so much? I think it goes back to me being an athlete. Mm. Reacting like re- listening and answering. Like I just, just say, let's start there. Listening and answering. As an athlete, your body, you you you're you have to always be on your toes. As a basketball player, you have to be agile. You have to be able to. You have to be spontaneous. You have to be in the moment. And that discipline for me, I was able to bring that to to the work. Also, I had no, pre- I had zero preconceived I- I- idea of what acting was. So I came. I went to the program with a completely open mind, and that definitely. It allowed me to absorb as much information as possible. And me being a competitor, I wanted to do my best. I look at, I look at it as, 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 as working out. I went to school to work out every single day. And I knew that if I put in the time that I would be able that in two years, I would at least have the tools that the, that the people before me left with to be able to present myself in this industry, to at least have a foundation of what this is. Mm. That was, that was, that's what, that's where, that's what my foundation was. And I haven't, uh, have I, I haven't studied. No, that's, that's, that's where I started. And from there, I mean, I've taken classes. I've taken classes with, with different teachers and I really started. Right. Yeah. But I guess as my foundation, yes, it, it is, it is. It's, it's minor. It's minor. Yeah. I love that you brought that um, athletic mindset to it. And just as you were saying that, I was thinking about auditioning because auditioning can be so scary and horrible. But I feel like as an athlete, if you really approach an audition in the same way of like you're training for that moment, I wonder if that's also what you bring to auditions as well, because you've been booking a lot and working a lot the past couple of years. Um, and I'm curious if if something from being an athlete as well has translated to and what you do in the room and prepare for an audition versus preparing for being on set. Mm. I would say it does. One, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the idea that I will get to where I want, I will get to where I want to be, whatever that is, if I put in the work, if I put in the hours in the gym. The hours in the gym were school. The hours in the gym were after school, taking classes and learn reading books. I just, I just know in my gut, in my heart, that if I do these things, I don't know what the goal, I don't know where I'm going to be, but I know that I'll be closer and I'll be on the path and I'm on the, I'm on the path to obtaining what it is I want. Now, in, in terms of the audition process, I've been fortunate enough to audition a lot and if I go back to when I first auditioned, it was absolutely horrible. It was, it's, I, was fright, I was frightened. I didn't know. You know it, take, it takes time, man. It yeah. really takes time to, to get comfortable. And auditioning is such a, a specific skill that, yeah, with time, it, you, 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 have to, you, have to take, you have to take a piece of material and make choices, make these, if you want, you know, if you want to make specific choices uh, to best present yourself, to be a little, to be a little different. And I I took, I took audition technique classes because I didn't really know what I was doing in an audition room because I learned at the playhouse what it meant to, to, to act. 
but that's a mm-hmm. completely different set of skills. It was a wake up call because to, to jump a little bit, I was I, I booked a show right out of school. Uh, um, it was a play, a two hander up in Ithaca, New York, at the Kitchen mm-hmm. Theater Company, and I <laughs> naive. I thought that, that I thought my career was gone. I thought I was gonna <laughs> what? I got a play. I got my equity card right out of school. Um, I did that for about two and a half months. And then I came back. It was dead winter. So the industry was quiet. So I'm thinking, okay, as soon as the industry opens back up, I'm going to just blast off. Absolutely not. Nobody knows who you are. And it was a rea- mm-hmm. it, was, it was a wake-up call that not only do the casting directors not know who I am, I don't know how to audition. Because when I did get an audition, I, I, was, I, didn't know what, I didn't fully know what... I mean, I knew what to do, but it was, I wasn't presenting my best self. I wasn't as confident, right. so I had to take those. I had to take audition technique classes, and uh, they they really, that's where things started to shift. When you started off, you didn't have representation, I believe. So, how were you finding these auditions? So I did. I got, I got a manager. The good thing about the Playhouse was they have a showcase, and they have a they have final they have final plays. Now the showcase is where. Uh, the, the graduating class, they perform pieces, uh, two-hand scenes, and the, the school brings in industry directors, casting directors, agents, managers, and I was able, I was fortunate enough from the showcase to get a little bit of, to be seen a little bit, but I also had a final play where a manager came in and I, I was able to sign with him at the time, and from there, he introduced me to a couple of agents right out of school, but I didn't, they, they, they actually said no to me. They said, no, they said I was too green. I'm, I'm too new. Let's, let's get some, some traction behind them first. I booked the play. I went back. They still said, no. they still said no. So this for me was a wake up call because I, I, I felt that I needed to somehow take control of like to take, take control of my business. And I was working as a doorman slash like, you know, those high end doormen slash security guards that that those those wonderful jobs, great paying job. But that's what I was doing during the time. And I decided that I was going to take two and a half months and take all most of my money and put it into taking classes, audition technique classes and meeting casting directors. And that to me, that's where the that's changed the whole game for me. Because I had a, a list of nine to eleven, like nine to eleven casting directors that I wanted to meet, that I did my research on, that I um, saw what they were what they were casting next, what they had cast already, and I was going to take that, and at the end at the end of those, that eleventh or twelfth session, I was going to take that and, and start talk asking my manager to reach out to agents and say, hey, these are the casting directors that Ian has met. You guys can, you, you guys, oh, he's done half the work for you. All he needs you to do is get him in the room because he knows these people, you know, and that actually, that worked for me. And not only did it work for me in that, in that way, I was able to book my first co-star, which is on Homeland, from meeting a casting director in a class. Oh, that's awesome. So you were in New York at this time. What tools were you using to find that which casting directors were casting what, and what workshops or classes were you taking to meet the casting directors? Do you remember like the name of the companies? Yes, I I used IMDb Pro. I signed up for IMDb Pro, and 
the great thing about that is that you can pretty much anybody in the industry you can see you can see who they're rep by the casting directors you can see what projects they're working on what they have worked on who their rep who their representation is you can see actors who the, who are who their reps are and try to figure out for me it was trying to figure out where where I fit right mm. and uh to answer the second question, one-on-one NYC. Mm-hmm. One-on-one is a uh, community. Uh, it's a networking place for act for for, ind- for the industry. And I signed up. There's there's p- some people were telling me, you know, paying to meet casting directors is is, is is a scam and blah. You know, all the all these all these negative ideas about what what it was. But I felt like even if I don't get anything. I'm investing in myself. I'm, I'm working. I'm doing something. I'm doing something progressive. And I'm, I, I know I will be learning because I don't know much, you know? Right. So, yeah, I did that. I did that. And lucky I was, I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate. No, I think that mindset is so smart. And I know plenty of people who have done, like, the casting director workshops. And I did them. And I tell, you know, people all the time who ask me my opinion, I, think, I say those casting director workshops are very important because it's all about relationships and getting in the room and, and building those relationships. Um, so, and I think IMDB Pro is definitely a great tool. I don't know if you've ever heard, I think it still exists. I used to use this one called Casting About. I don't know that one. Casting About, you. it's also a subscription you have to pay for, but it literally has every single project being cast, broken down by casting director, casting associate, and then you can click on it and get their address. So if you're like sending postcards. Oh, wow. Um, I think it's still, it existed a few years ago because when I started auditioning again, I signed up because I was like trying to track a few projects and seeing who ca- who was casting it. Because sometimes IMDb Pro necessarily with new projects, they're not quite up to date. So that was a great tool, uh, tool for me, but I think it still exists. A lot of us actors, I guess just people in general, we want instant gratification. Yeah. And we, we, we look at it, we look at it like we look at a, say you took, you took three classes and we don't, and we don't get it, we don't hear anything from the, from the casting directors. And it was like, oh, it was, it was a fail. But no, mm-hmm. no, if you're, I, for me, it, this is all about a long journey. As long as I'm, I'm physically able to do this, I will be doing this for the rest of my life. And within, it's been, it's been going on six years. It's crazy. Going on six years. I've, I've reaped the benefits of that groundwork. And you're investing in yourself. This is your business, yeah. right? So, yeah, I, I try to tell people, not that my way, because this is just my way. Everybody, everybody like, many people have their own different, different, different paths. This was just mine. It worked for me. And I do think that it's a, it's a great resource for people to, to, um, to look at, take, 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 take notice of and yeah, maybe use, utilize. Totally. And I think you've, you've touched on this, you know, obviously it's a passion, it's art, but it's a business and it's a business built on relationships. And I know from sitting in the other chair on the director side, you know, it's total. there have been so many people where I've met and auditioned and they may not be right for that role or that part, but have kept in touch and get them on the next one. And you, you know, if you don't kind of build that build those relationships and, and put in the work. Um, I think that's just so important. Right. So how did you get involved in Up North? Oh, Up North. <laughs> I auditioned for Up North. I was cast as one of the, I was at the bottom, at the complete bottom of the call sheet. I had about, I had three lines 
in 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 the project. I was extremely happy because I think b- prior to that, the only thing I did was was my was my co-star on on Homeland, and I, I hadn't booked anything in a in a while prior to prior to that point. So I was really excited about it. But the day before, okay, so I was working as a, the security doorman. There was a chess tournament in I think the meatpacking district, and I was working that, and I did I did a double. I did a double. I did a 16-hour shift. And after that, I ended up going to my second job for about four, three or four hours. And from there, I was, after I finished that second job, I was going home. I get a call. I had booked, I had booked up north. I booked like the, 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 one of the characters, one of the young boys. And I was going home. And I, my, I, I swear, I swear. I have one foot on the one foot on the train, one foot off the train. I'm standing right in the middle and I get a call from a California number. I'm exhausted. I look at the number. I'm like, who could this be? Gotta be somebody California. Nobody's calling from California. I, I step off, I answer the phone. The producer says, Hey Ian, I noticed it's such short notice, but the producers and the directors, they want to have a table read this evening. Are you available? I don't say I take like Three seconds, I'm like, wow, I mean, I, I only have three, you know, three, four lines. Like, what are you, do, I, do I really, really need to be there? I ask her if I can give her a call back. And I smack myself in the face, like, listen, Ian, what do you, why wouldn't you go? Of course you have to go. Who, like, you, why would you, you can't say no. So I call her back, I say yes. Remind you, this, they say that this, they want this, that this is going to be a table read. Um, I go home, I get my car, I they, we meet at um, Hooters. They want to have a table read at Hooters. I wasn't even thinking at the time. So I, I, get, I get to Hooters and I meet Emil, who's the, the writer, creator of Up North. I meet Robbie, uh, Robert Lewis. I meet Chris Lofton. And I meet another uh, director, um, Domaine. And it's just us at this, at this place. It's no, there's no table read. It's just us at, the, at this at this. <laughs> At this restaurant, and I'm trying to figure out what is, you know, trying to place myself, like what is going on. But I'm like, okay, maybe maybe things changed. So we, we get, to, we're vibing, we're having wings, we're getting to know each other. And Emil, <laughs> we're having a conversation because we come from similar similar backgrounds. Uh, we played our, our, we went to high school, two rival high schools. So we're talking about basketball, and it's just a really good time. And at the time, Emil and and, and Demain, they walk off. And they walk up for about a good 10 minutes. And it's just me, Rob, and Chris getting to know each other, laughing. They come back. It's about, I want to say it's like a, maybe like 11 o'clock, close to 11 o'clock. And Emil says, all right, you know, it's, it's, this, was, this has been great. It's been fun. Ian, I'll, um, come outside with me. We go outside. He's like, there's something I want to say, but I just want you to trust me. I just need you when you get home to not go to sleep. I'm like, Okay, I've been up. At this point, I don't even. I can't even count how, how long, how long I've been up. Uh, but I was like, okay, I won't. I won't go to sleep. He's like, I have. I want to upgrade. Then he says, I want to upgrade. I want to. I like to upgrade your role. But I just need to like talk to some people. But just please don't go to sleep. I get home. It has to be about twelve thirty, one o'clock, and I'm laying in my bed. My phone is on my chest. I doze off. Phone, <laughs> phone vibrates. I jump up. I answer the phone. He says, hey, man, sorry to call you so late. Um, so, yeah, I would like to upgrade your role to the number one. 
I said, oh my God, I just got chills. He says, yeah, the only thing, it's yours. The role is yours. The only thing is that you have to be prepared in six hours because we're shooting at 7, 730. What? Yeah. (laughs) True story. True story. And of course, I say, of course, I say, yes. Okay, got it. Done. I'll, I'll do it. He says, okay, do you, want, do you want me to like read, read the lines with you? I said, no, I got it. I'm good. I'll be up. I'll, I'll be there. Fortunately, the, the location we were shooting at was 15 minutes from my house. But after that, I ran up to my grandfather, who's like, who's like my number one fan, celebrated with him. Uh, and then I went to work. And that was the origin of me getting into up north. And from there, I mean, that's how I'm, yeah, it's history. What an incredible story. I feel like every story around up north is just like an incredible story. And for Miraculous. Those, those who are who are listening to this and haven't gone back to listen to Emil's podcast, you need to go back to listen to our second podcast with Emil, who, as Ian mentioned, is the uh, creator and writer and also co-director um, of up north because his story is just incredible and so powerful. But I swear every time I sit down with Emil or someone connected to Emil, the stories just are amazing. Amazing. Just it shows you what there was. There was. There was, and is uh, a power, some type of something beyond our our control. Because you can't make this up. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing. You just said yes, even though you were so exhausted. Because I know in those moments where you're just like, oh, I just need to take care of myself. And is this really, you know? And as you said, like I have three to four lines. Like, do I really need to be there for that? Like, and that. You know, you had that moment for yourself where like, of course I'm going to go and be there. And you say, and you say yes to that. Say Um, yes and then figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Figure it out later. And you hadn't slept in like three days and then go and shoot this beautiful, beautiful performance um, for Up North. So, so Up North, we premiered at Series Fest. Go listen to Emil's podcast. You'll hear about that. But what happened with you after Up North premiered at Series Fest? After up north, that was that was kind of for all of us, but for me specifically, that was that was my introduction to, I guess that was the the, the industry's introduction to me as an act as, from from a TV, mm. uh, TV and film stance, and we went we 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 got I won an award an award at uh, at your at your festival, which was freaking awesome, amazing, and from there. It was just a little bit of buzz. I had I had meetings with I had general meetings with with people, and uh, after that, that's after that, that's when I met. Uh, yeah, that's when I met Gersh, my my current agency. Mm. Well, that was like that was like the beginning of of uh, just to see the seeds were planted, and that why that's so important <laughs> is because I had booked a play like a couple a few maybe like a couple of months after up north and that was it was called Dutch Masters and we did that in in the village at this at the wild project and it was directed by uh the fantastic Andre Holland and that was the in, that was the introduction to uh, from the New York City theater to me and from there I, my agent my current agent saw me in that play she was rep by Gersh I've always wanted to go to Gersh uh, because I was because just because I, I wanted to, and it kind of that that introduction in the beginning. You know those those seeds, man. We don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know what like what's gonna happen in the future. But if we just stick with it, it 
it just it things happen. So yeah, I was able to sign with with my agent because uh, because she saw me in the play, and it was a lot easier because I already had a uh, a relationship with with Gersh. And after the Wild Project, I uh, I booked New Amsterdam, and then after New Amsterdam, I booked Judas, and then I booked the Republic of Sarah, and now we are now we are here. That's amazing. So you touched on earlier that, you know, your school really prepared you and taught you how to act. And then you really had to learn the difference between auditioning and acting and being on set. So what is something that you've learned on set that you didn't get to learn in all of these classes? The first thing that came to my mind is just how prepared you have to be. Mm-hmm. We're talking about we're going back to what, what, what you said earlier about it being a business and People have to make their days, and there's a lot. There's a lot of moving pieces in in on 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 set, and you just have to you have to be you have to be locked in. If you you have to be locked in. If you want to do your best, if you want to present yourself in the best way, if you want to feel like you're you're doing you know you're you're um, you're doing your job, you have to show up and be prepared, and also you have to be able to be quick on your feet and make decisions because things. You might be on set, or you might get a, a rewrite that next that 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 morning or the night before. You just have to be on your p's and q's, really. And uh, for me, I think during the, during the public of Sarah, that was that was one of the biggest, the biggest, the biggest challenges. I mean, there was so many because we were in a in a, in a pandemic. We were isolated in Canada, and um, there was a lot of there was it was a lot. It, we had 8 p.m. curfew, so we went to work and then went home and went to work, and, went, and that, was, that was it. So, uh, but to get back to answer your question, being prepared was, is, is, the most, is the most important. And being accessible, mm. not having an ego, because you have to be, and, and being, a, being a, for me at least, being a collaborator, because you have to work with the director, you have to work with the DP, you have your other actors, um, be professional. You've really, um, it's amazing that your career in, has already, you've, you've done film, television, and theater. What are the different ways in which you approach each of those and how does it differ in terms of your preparation and the way you go into it? My goal is to just be the guy. So really, whatever I can do to become, to be the guy, that's, that's what I try to do. I know that's kind of, kind of, kind of vague. Uh, it's kind of broad, broad, but I don't really. I wouldn't say I have. I read. I read the scripts a bunch of times. I read what the other characters are saying about my character. I have ideas of what um, I have. Re- I, I've, I watch people. I've been blessed to be around a lot of interesting folks in my life, family members, friends. Um, I watch YouTube. I watch TV. And I just like try to take from. Every, 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 I try to just absorb information. Uh, one of my acting coaches, my acting teachers, actually, he said, steal from other artists, mess up, you find out who you really are. And I've always liked that because I, I, I apply that to, as an athlete, I, I understand that as an athlete because, you know, you have, I don't know if you guys are into, into basketball, into, into sports, but you have, let's say you have the, the Michael Jordan, and you have Kobe Bryant, like Kobe Bryant looked up to MJ and he was, he emulated some of his game, but Kobe Bryant became Kobe Bryant 
because of because of the way his body works, right? And I feel like as an actor, I can look at other artists, I can look at other actors, I can look at other people, take on their um, maybe traits, tics, or speech, their patterns, but it's going to flow through me, flow through my filter. And that's kind of how I try to approach um, the work, approach character, approach... Um, and what, like, yeah, and just like try, try to be very simple. Like, what, what does this person want? You know, I try, I try not to get too convoluted because I'm, that, my brain, it'll, I'll just go all, all over the place. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of like, I don't really know if I have a, a process. I just try to figure it out. And then when I get on set I, or on the, on the stage, I throw all that away and I listen and I, I, I do my best to listen and answer spontaneously. I love that. I'm curious with The Republic of Sarah, and you may not really have an answer for this, but it was a pilot that was shot a year prior that didn't go and then ended up being remade and recast. Did you audition for The Republic of Sarah that was before? Did you know about it? No, I had no idea about it. During that time, I... I had auditioned, you know, pilot season, pilot season, you audition for a lot of pilots. I got, I got to a point where I was, I, I tried to, I tried to psych myself out. I said, I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to, I don't care. I, I went for, I went up for right. the pilot. I was like, I don't care about this, man. Genuinely. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how, that's how I felt. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do the audition and you know, whatever, if whatever happens, happens. And then you get the call back. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll do the call back. Whatever. Still, I'm not thinking about it. And then you get the next, you know, then you get the uh, the the, uh, the chemistry read. And now I'm like, my, I'm I'm a little more attentive. I'm a little more like, okay, I'm I'm still I don't care because I've been th- I've been through pilot I've th- been through pilot season before. I had a pilot that didn't go. I've been uh, I've tested, and that's a whole another grueling process. And I didn't get it, so I got there. Got to the chemistry read. And uh, that's when I knew that I wanted to do this project because I was able to act with someone else. I acted with, with, with Stella Baker, who plays Sarah, and it was so much fun. And I, I, I met the creators. I met Jeff King. I met, well, I met the creator, Jeff King. And then I met Mark Martin, who's a, a producer. And it was so, this process was so... I don't want to say effortless, but there was an ease to it. It was a reassurance that I was okay. There was a reassurance that I belonged, that I felt that, that they wanted me. Mm. And it, it was just, it was a different, it was a different type of, pro- it was a different process. And I, it, I just knew after, and then I had the chemistry read with Stella. <laughs> I had so much freaking fun that I called my agents like, okay, well guys, I know I've been saying I don't want it, but now I'm at that point where, you know, I hate this, I hate this part. But I kind of want this thing, and it just it, it worked out in that way. Tell us a little bit about the show. It's on the CW, and it, the premise I think is so unique, and and as well as your your character Grover. Uh, so the show is about this small town in New Hampshire that is upended after a mining company tries to excavate this 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 valuable mineral, and a uh, high school teacher Sarah, she finds a loophole and um, a, a, a cartographical, cartographical? 
hmm, what's the word? She finds a loophole and she, 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 she gathers, rallies her friends and the townspeople to declare independence. And my character's name is Grover Sims. He is Sarah's best friend. He's a very s- traditional, old school, um, small town guy who's trying to do his best. He's dealing with some trauma of his own. And the show, man, the show, such a sweet show. That is such a, we had such a good time. We're on episode, episode three just premiered yesterday. And uh, yeah, it's, it was, it's a damn good time. How many episodes did you guys shoot for the first season? We shot 13. Amazing. I've seen the first three. I'm addicted and obsessed. I'm ready. I like can't wait till next Monday for episode four. Um, what I love about it is also every episode is like a civics lesson. Um, yeah. Uh, because yeah. they kind of approach different, you know, all different sorts of things um, having to do with starting your own nation. So whether that's currency or. That's what, what I think is so wonderful about the show is that there's endless problems there's endless, we have to figure out how to, how to build your own country. And then you don't really think about all of the, uh, the, the specifics that go into that. So I, I, I hope that the viewers really go on this ride for us because we do have a lot, a, lot, a lot to offer, a lot to say. And yeah, I'm really excited about it. Love it. And it's such a great ensemble cast. That's the other thing I wanted to say. It's an, just an incredible like all-star ensemble cast, every single person um, from the kids to the adults. It's just such a really well-rounded, uh, well-rounded cast. I would say why that is, or at least a, a reason, the CW and the CBS, they cast great actors, but we were able to, last year, March, we got shut down because of, because of COVID. And we were in Canada. So from March to September, everything was silent. But we stayed in touch. We... Um, zoomed, we text, we were able to really formulate, form a form of family. And also being in Canada, when we went back in, in September, we had a two week quarantine. We were on Zooms almost with each other, almost every other FaceTime every other day, really just getting to know each other. And that time really, we were able to build a chemistry. And mm. throughout the, because we were in our own bubble, we were able to build a family. And we, we, had, a, we, had, a lot of, we had a lot of family dinners we had a lot of talks. Um, it was, you know, it, it was tough being away from your being away from your loved ones for for seven eight months and having to to do this to do this to do this to solely do this job. But we were able to 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 rely on each other for support, and I think it really that is a reason why our our our, our cast is so good in it and then they shine. Well, this has been wonderful, and before we wrap up. Um, I have one last question for you. If you could have worked on any television show in history, what would it have been and what would you have done on it? My, I would right the first, the first thing that came to my mind is Game of Thrones. Love it. Why, what would I have done on it? Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. That's one of my like, goals is to be in a, some fantastical uh, time type of show uh, where I have to walk in the wilderness bare, bare, almost naked and just really <laughs> go back in time and, 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 and really live that, that nomadic, that, that, that type of lifestyle. And yeah, I, uh, that's something I, I hope to do in the future. Sometimes anything fantastical. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll do it. I'm sure you'll, I'm sure eventually it won't be Game of Thrones, but it, w- it will be something fantastical. Yeah, it'll be something, be some, something, exactly. 
That's awesome. Well, Ian, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story and your insights. And I just um, love your mentality. And I'm going to take that with me moving forward, like that athletic mentality um, with everything and really being prepared. So thank you. Thank you for sharing today. Thank you, Ian. Thank you both for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. SiriusFest is a nonprofit organization, and our work would not be possible without our incredible board of directors, staff, and partners who make programs like this podcast possible. We have ongoing competitions, initiatives, and mentorship programs year-round, so please check us out at SiriusFest.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay up-to-date on announcements. This episode was edited by Neil Trulio with original music by Adam Westbrook.